Welcome to the Biz Dad Podcast, where we dive into the melding of fathership and entrepreneurship with your host, the original Biz Dad himself, Adam Labar. Adam is a Christian, a former Air Force officer, a dad to three amazing kids, a coach, a real estate investor, and a business owner. On this podcast, he'll explore the unique journeys of amazing dads who are striving for greatness in both business and family. So whether you're a dad who is an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner, or simply a man striving to be a better dad, get ready as the Biz Dad brings you conversations to inspire, challenge, and equip you to be a better dad and entrepreneur. And now, here's Adam. Dave Aheimer is my guest today. Dave and I are in an accountability pod together and a group together. And he is another, of course, entrepreneur and dad. So I wanted to bring him on. So Dave, if you can uh, give a quick introduction about yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, what you do as a dad and an entrepreneur. Yeah, it's fantastic. So uh, my name is Dave Aheimer. I am a dad, an entrepreneur, a member of Go Abundance, a husband and a willing participant in an amazing family who has absolutely saved me from myself. So I've been an entrepreneur longer than I've been a dad. And when my little guy came along, I remember having a very distinct moment of clarity at an entrepreneur's organization event in Ohio, right outside of Cleveland, where I had to make a decision about redefining my win and whether or not my win would be my business or my newly born son who was in crisis and in distress. And so it was an absolutely life-changing moment for me to make the decision to make my son and my family my win. Awesome. In 2019, prior to the pandemic, I ran into some very significant problems with my business and, and just unbelievable stress. It was the same year that my wife and I got married. We got married in the spring and then the business problems really started. And it was without a doubt, one of the most challenging times in my life. And if I had not had them in my life, my wife and my little boy, you know, Adam, I got to tell you, I don't know what I would have done. And it's kind of the same principle, right? You hold on, you don't let go. You do your job. You show up. And sometimes that means showing up early and making coffee for the boys and staying late and making sure the accounting's done. At the end, it's maybe one part stubborn, one part labor of love, <laughs> trying to make sure and just not quit and be tenacious about moving forward as an entrepreneur. And it's a lot like an EKG. I mean, fatherhood, it has its ups and downs. Business, it has its ups and downs. And some years are going to be great and some years are going to be really tough, right? But but keeping them at the forefront of my mind that they're the ones who are most more important, even more important than the business. And at the end of the day, with the inbound pandemic, I had this internet retail business that was selling home decor. Everybody's stuck at home buying a bunch of stuff on the internet, fixing up their houses. And my business took off like a rocket ship during the pandemic. That was almost as bad as it was in 2019 because now I'm working triple hours and I'm the guy yeah. coming in with the boys in the shop and running the wood shop and running production, and running internet retail and producing this home decor and shipping it out. And, and I saw them even less when the business was really, really good. And I made a decision at that point that this is not what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I didn't want to run this kind of internet retail manufacturing company in Northeast Ohio for the next 10 years. And so with that spike in pandemic growth, I seized on an opportunity to sell my business and exit my business and took that time to spend it with my wife and my son. 
Do you have any thoughts or ideas or plans to involve the kids in the business or what are your thoughts there? Yeah. So that's kind of an interesting question because, you know, I have an appreciation for where I'm at in life because I was a have not who had to learn to become a person who has. And, you know, my son's grown up with a tremendous advantage here being a have and, and not really experiencing the have not lifestyle or have not mentality. And so I think it's important that he works for his own destiny and works his own path. And, and I want to make sure that happens. And as far as like his involvement in my businesses, of course, I'd be thrilled, you know, to have him involved in the businesses in any capacity they want to be involved in the businesses. But, you know, I also want him to choose his own path and, and go his own road. And so that's a balance that's going to have to occur with time. Now, that being said, I have finance and economics conversations with my kid all the time, which probably are a little bit over his head for being a seven-year-old, but that starts with, he gets the equivalent of a $20 allowance per month. And, you know, there's X number of doggy poops that he's got to pick up in order for that allowance to materialize. So understanding the value of labor and the value of his recompense is certainly not enough to get the toy that he wants when we go to the toy store. And so we're understanding the value of savings through object lessons. And I, and I make sure that he understands, you know, what finance is and, and the difficult nature of earning money and the even more difficult nature of delayed gratification, you know, and teaching what delayed gratification looks like and, you know, how saving. And I've talked about this with my guys in the CEO coaching, but to be an entrepreneur is to live like most people won't so that you can live like most people can't. You know, and it's about that sacrifice and, and at least from, you know, a bootstrap startup perspective, it's about sacrifice and putting the business first and understanding that I might not get paid in the first couple of whatever months, years, hopefully not a decade. Might be the wrong business if it's that far out, <laughs> but uh, long-term investing. And, you know, yeah. my son has the opportunity to deposit his $20 and to daddy's wallet and earn long-term interest. And he has yet to make that choice. It's, it's really important to talk about the importance of failure and build that entrepreneurial spirit of resilience, yeah. you know, and having him understand the reason we fall down and so we can learn to get up yeah. and that these things are okay and to try and to try again and be encouraging him trying again. And, you know, that goes from riding a bike to building the dinosaur, the skeleton dinosaur model that we built last night or reading a story to dad. A lot of times I think that boils down to me acting against my nature and being patient because I'm not naturally a patient man and sticking with it and being consistent with my encouragement to him that, uh, you know, it's okay to fail and it's okay to try again. And even providing him opportunities because we had a hard time getting him introduced to soccer and, you know, he didn't want to do it because he wasn't very good with it with the other kids who have been, you know, this is Brazil, they've been playing since they were three, right? So he's behind the eight ball trying to learn the sport and we've got him involved with an after school program where they, you know, they have a coach, have a bunch of kids and, and put them in a situation where it wasn't, you know, dad trying to teach him, but like put him in an environment with other children where he could learn and, and showed him in that way, like introducing stuff to, to get him comfortable with, you know, being awkward in sport and not understanding how the sport works, but understanding that, you know, dad says there's an importance in sports and you need to learn how to function on a team and team efforts are really important and failing's okay so long as you've tried and then you're okay with your level of trying. Again, he's seven, so we take it on the level that we can take it and kind of move yeah. on with the word. That's important that I'm not, you know, shaking my state championship in front of his nose and telling him about how great it is and how he's never going to have it and that kind of like negative reinforcement. But it's important. It's really important. Yeah, I got to say this too. 
Because the things that I'm teaching him, I'm repeating to myself and I have to kind of remind myself, mm, yeah, you should probably take your own advice yeah. on that one and not give up and not try. And I find myself kind of, you know, parroting lessons that I should be following. So, uh, Sergio, welcome to the podcast. Happy to have you. If you can tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and then we'll, uh, we'll jump into, uh, being very dad focused. Cool. Thanks for having me, Adam. So my name is Sergio Altamari. I'm based out of Philadelphia, uh, 47 years old, got a little girl. She's about to be six on March 11th. Um, I'm a, uh, reborn, Recareered over and over again. Uh, I spent 22 years working for the Federal Reserve, had a, a day job, uh, launched a company in the meantime. Uh, we were in self-storage syndication, moving more and more towards larger private equity. Um, my wife, daughter, and I are are very close and tight, as as you might expect. And so my whole objective in life is to find that right amount of balance between creating uh, legacy wealth and and doing what I enjoy, which is now building a company and spending as much time with uh, with my family while also doing my best to uh, create the a, a, or at least allow for my child to be you know develop her own way and kind of learn from my mistakes, um, you know things that I wish that my parents did or didn't do and. You know, along the way, just enjoy the ride and the journey. Do you have any plans to involve Stella in in the business, um, either at this age, at a later age, at you know, whenever, or is it more just um, we'll see? Uh, I, I mean, similar to your answer with uh, when it comes to military, uh, we'll see what she gravitates to. If she shows an interest, um, she can start. I'll hire her next week. Um, yeah. You know, when when we had our property management business and we were in residential. Karim would take her, you know, to do showings. We had Stella helping and you know, we had point operated laundry machines and counting coins. So it's 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 like exposing her to elements of, of as far and wide of life as possible and see what she gravitates to. Um she's she's showing more interest in in arts. Um, and that may be that may evolve because I'm more of a intellectual type of uh, experimental type of person that in some cases she's, you know, we do a little science stuff and things like that. Um, so I, it really comes down to she's got to show an interest and, and something that she wants to do. And I will be aware of that and kind of provide for her for the avenue to do so. Outside of that, you know, there's not going to be, like you said, I'm not forcing anything. If she wants it, it's there. If she doesn't, that's okay, too. I, I don't want her to um, avoid or want or not want either because of the bad experience or uh, uh, correlation. You know, if she said, hey, I don't want to do that because daddy was never home and he always worked and so i don't want to do that and that's that's one thing versus being forced um so you know I, I i just observe what she's doing what she wants to do and we try to expose her to as much as possible and i mean we got a lot of work to do we like to do a lot more traveling 
just so she can experience more culture and, and whatever. But uh, again, it goes back to whatever she's showing passion for and we're just going to give her the, the tools and resources and, you know, where possible, some learnings to pursue it or not. I mean, no, I have no grand ideas uh, beyond that. John, I want you to do a quick introduction of yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what kind of business stuff you're in, and uh, tell me about your family as well. Well, thanks for having me. So my name is John, originally from New Jersey, dad of two kids, a six-year-old girl and a four-year-old boy, husband to my wife, Sana's, and we live in South Florida now by way of Los Angeles. So we lived in Los Angeles for about five years and a fur dad too. I got a little dog named Wilbur. So family of five. I'm involved in real estate. I still have a W-2 in the data world. So I'm a techie and you know, doing my best to balance everything. I feel like my mother groomed me to be the real estate entrepreneur that I am today. So my mother got into real estate as you know, single parent, four kids. She got into real estate because she didn't have a college degree and she needed to provide. So she got into real estate in like 1984 and she's been crushing it. But wherever we were in the car driving somewhere, it was Carlton Sheets, Zig Ziglar, uh, Anthony Robbins. Before it was Tony doing, Robbins. Doing, yeah, so it was Anthony Robbins on, on a cassette tape. So I was listening to all these things. So I'm actually doing the same to my kids. That's phenomenal. I'm not so much with the podcasts, but um, more with like quizzing them, making them think outside the box, doing little math problems, having them figure things out, even like people profiling. Like that's something my mom used to do with me of, of trying to, you know, um, pick up on subtle cues on people. And it's been great. So <laughs> for example, so my daughter, she's six, she plays Roblox and there's this game where you have to like, you have to trade things and you have to try to like level up. And I'm trying to show her the importance of you never go backwards on a trade. You only want to trade for equal or better. Yeah. And she's like taking that and running with it. And she's learning the value of like business. Like if I give you this, you have to give me this. I'm only taking equal or greater value. Yeah. And I'm like, so she has like a little portfolio of like these things. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like, I feel so proud that, you know, she has like these little things in her portfolio of being traded. So it's pretty cool. That's awesome. How, how I've like incorporated like my business life with my parent life when it comes to my kids, you know. I'm always trying to find opportunities to find teachable moments. And a great book on that is also The Psychology of Money. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it talks about even not just your family upbringing, but also like the year you were born is going to impact how you think of money and how you think of business oh, yeah. and, and things like that. I'm trying to really shape my kids with the views that I have on money. And, you know, money is not the root of all evil. You know, money's just a tool and it's not going to make you happy. You know, but you, yeah. you need to be well-rounded, you know, things like that. Just trying to instill the same values that I have. I do make them earn the things that they want, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, even when it came to potty training, I had a full sheet on the fridge with check marks, yellow and brown check marks of, you know, the things that they <laughs> needed to get done. And at, if they got to the end, they got a prize or a toy or something like that. Um, and it worked, worked on both kids really well. They were really excited to put the check marks up and now I'm implementing chores. I mean, my six-year-old wants stuff like she wants Pokemon figurines and cards and things like that. So it's all right. 
So my wife and I decided that we're going to implement five things a day that she has to do. And she's, you know, it's going to be, she can get a dollar a day. So each thing that she does is 20 cents and it's, it's make your bed in the morning. You have to dress yourself, get yourself ready for school. You know, you have to not fight with your brother. You have to brush your teeth without asking and you have to go to bed on time. You can do these five things. You'll get a dollar that day. Now it's impossible because she fights with her brother every day. So she'll never get that dollar. But now she's excited to get like, oh, do I get a check mark? I dress myself. Do I get a check mark? I'm like, yeah, you get a check mark. So she's realizing the power of accomplishment, right? The sense of accomplishment. Uh, and I feel like I'm empowering her to get that, those endorphins of, wow, I just completed this. Let me put a check mark up. That's going to be money later. Right? Put a dopamine hit just in putting the check mark. Like that really, you want to do more check. That literally in your body, there you get a dopamine hit hitting the check mark. And oh. she's learning that in school too, right? Because mm -hmm. you know, every time she reads five books, she gets a star for every book. And if she gets five stars, she gets this fake currency that the school has, and then she can buy a little toy, right? So she's learning that in school as well. I mean, we all had that at some point in school, right? You put a little sticker up uh, if you did what you were supposed to do. And so I'm trying to implement that with her. I think my little boy's a little too young, but I mean, she understands the concept and she's getting it. Do you have any thoughts on involving your kids in the business or do you have, you know, thought about doing any of that? You know, I know some, some people, they use their kids as child models inside of their Airbnb photos, right? And I can pay them and, you know, they can get an IRA all of a sudden and do all this stuff. Have you put any thought to, or do you have any desire to bring your kids into the business? Uh, not as kids. No, I've decided I want them to explore whatever avenues they want to explore. And I've essentially said that, listen, you know, no matter what you do, you're graduating high school. I want you to get a college, you know, well, the college degree thing I'm probably leaning on because I don't think it's going to be really worth that much um, in what, now. 15 years. Right. Exactly. So my wife and I've had the decision that if they said they came to us and they're like, I want to be an actor or something, something like that, where you're just like, oh, here we go. You know, like, <laughs> or like, I want to be an artist. And I'm like, I want them to be able to live their dreams. Right. Cause mm -hmm. in a sense, I don't feel like I did. Or, I mean, I'm living my dream right now, but you know what I mean? Like I never had the chance where it's like, where if money is not an issue, what would you do? Right. And I feel like a lot of people don't get to explore those avenues. So we basically said, you know, hey, you get two years. I will support you for two years while you live your dream. But if you can't figure out how to support yourself, you got to you gotta get a job. You got to yeah. figure it out. So I don't want to incorporate the kids in the business as kids. I want them to kind of figure out what they want to do. If they want to get into it, awesome. Like that's all. Like I want my kids to, you know, we all think about legacy, right? I don't want my legacy going to the state or, you know, yeah. so I would love for my kids to take on the businesses that I'm taking on, but I don't want them to feel pressure to do it because my mom's in real estate. She has a great book of business. She wanted me to take on her book of business. She wanted to pass on her legacy to me. And I said, no, because I don't want to live in New Jersey. You know, I don't want to be a realtor. So that would have been the downside. So I don't want my kids to have to feel pressure like, ah, man, I got to take on this portfolio. Like it's a lot of work. And I remember dad doing all this work when we were kids and I don't want to do that. So I don't want them to feel pressure for that. But if they, if they come to me wanting to, you know, I'll encourage it to them. You know, And I think I've shown them um, the power of real estate mm -hmm. and, you know, they're going to know that like, Hey, if you do decide to do this, you know, there's a lot of benefits to it. Real estate has been driving force behind 
our ability to do the things that we do, um, I hope that they follow in those footsteps as well. But uh, I'm giving them the option to do whatever it is that they want to do. Welcome to the podcast today. I have a, a fantastic friend, uh, business partner, GoBundance partner, man of many talents, Aaron Velke. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Tell me about a bit about yourself and uh, let's let's hear about who Aaron Velke is, what you do for business, about your family, et cetera. I've got a company called Get Out of Your Own Way. We also work with companies that are ready to up-level their leaders and ready to up-level their, their culture. I'm a real estate investor. I'm about a year into being a dad, 10 months in two days into being a dad. I published a book on that called Let Her Play in 2020. I've done apartment management. I'm a traveler that loves to wander the world and take in culture and learn about the way that, that people are. I'm fascinated by people and I've now made that my passion and my, my venture. It's important. If, if you're a CEO that's listening, if you're a, in a position of influence, you're a leader at work, the, the same thing that we're talking about here applies yeah. to work. You know, if, if you think that for a moment you've got to go into work and fake being strong and fake being clear and fake all this nonsense about company and direction and team, it's not going to work. And some of the best conversations you can have with your company, your team, you know, I, th I think there is a degree of discretion around what you mm -hmm. share, but there, there is also a need for this in leadership where saying something like, hey, I'm not at my best right now. This is what's going on and uh, it's irresponsible for me to have this meeting under this case or, hey, you know, I, I need some space to be able to, to do handle my stuff so that I can show up better for the team or, hey, I don't have an answer for you right now. And I'm aware that this answer is incredibly pertinent to us and moving forward. I, I just don't have it yet. Rather than like fake it and put on the mask, you'd be shocked at how relatable you become as a leader and how much that creates a positive culture of, hey, I'm not at my best right now, which is mm -hmm. really important if you actually want the best out of your team. So it's just important that we share that with, with leaders too. So tell me, uh, boy, I know Emerson again, 10 months old. What kind of direction do you see you wanting to raise him in? Like as far as, you know, you've worked hourly jobs. Now you run businesses. Um, you know, I was a, a former military guy that runs an education company, runs uh, real estate stuff, then kind of like, I don't know what direction I want to bring my kids. I want to expose them to as much as possible. And maybe this is a loaded question because of what we already talked about before about not wanting to uh, force our kids in one way or another because of what, what we do. But what are your thoughts on, on raising, uh, raising Emerson as you, know, you, you are running businesses and you're doing all this stuff? Like, What kind of direction are you planning to give or what kind of involvement in the business or what kind of you know, what, what are your thoughts on, on where that goes as Emerson gets older? Well, I'll quote, uh, there's, a, there's a quote by Wayne Gretzky uh, about skating where the puck is going, not where the mm -hmm. puck is. Um, I don't know what the exact quote is, but uh, I think it is skate where the puck is going, not where it's been. Mm -hmm. And if that's true, then what I'm preparing him for is a world 20 years from now. Yeah. That's mind boggling to think about. It's very hard in, in get out of your own way coaching and, and all of our mindset work. We try to keep people to a three-year bandwidth. Like It's very hard to project who you want to become and what the world looks like and what your business might look like beyond three years. So I'm mindful that that's the horizon that we can actually see. But 
thinking about for him, given where I see things are and are going, what the doors that I want to help him open are, are largely about three things. One, undoubtedly, is emotional intelligence. He's got to be able to handle the complexities of emotions mm. in a world that is becoming more and more destabilized around that conversation. Yeah. So that's number one. The second is financial intelligence. And this, uh, you know, I've spent eight years building a financial education company. And, and mm. in that, I've learned that uh, I knew very little. My dad was successful in what he knew, but he knew very little. I've spent eight years building a financial education company. And, and mm. in that, I've learned that uh, I knew very little. My dad was successful in what he knew, but he knew very little. Yeah. And I'll probably be a big change maker in the family. So I want him to learn some of that too. And I know very little still comparatively. That's why I'm in a community like GoBundance because I learned something every time somebody types a post. I'm like, oh my yeah, God, for sure. I don't know what any of those letters mean. The part of that that's important is not necessarily does he have to become an entrepreneur. But I do believe that the world is trending towards a more entrepreneurial themed employment cycle, meaning that he may not have to be an entrepreneur. He can certainly work for somebody else. There's no shame in that. I have mm -hmm. no issues whatsoever with it. However, he will need to think like an entrepreneur, which is find problems, offer solutions, look where people aren't looking, identify, solve. The third is communication. And you could tally it under emotional intelligence, but I'll, I'll qualify it differently. It's largely about the way that we sell, the way that we handle conflict, the ways that we talk to ourselves, the ways that we engage with customers or clients. There, there's such a large gap there that for him to learn how to communicate what he wants to communicate is one of the biggest skills ever. This is a focus of a lot of my coaching, whether clients know it or not. Mm -hmm. We often think that the message that we're saying is the message that someone is getting. And if someone is in sales and they want more sales, the perimeter of sales is like the tactics. The, the body of sales is emotional intelligence and communication. Can you get those two things figured out? Figure out their pain points, communicate like a human being, build trust. Then you're actually helping them with the sale. And you know, God forbid someone is manipulating through that. Is a, That's a whole different conversation. Yeah. But if you can communicate effectively, I think you're in good shape. What, what that also means to me is that if that is the future, then presently, I have to be willing to let go of, of some of the things that I want to believe need to happen. I want to show them how to work hard. Well, work hard is going to look very different in 20 years. Mm -hmm. I want him to have the same experience where he like kicks a ball around in the cul-de-sac. We just play wiffle ball for hours. That probably will never happen. That, that time is kind of gone. So it's also about letting go and surrendering to what I think childhood should be for what I experienced and what I got. And again, putting the lens back on me as like the center of his uh, childhood experience and instead flipping and making sure that he's the center of that childhood experience. So I think that's going to really challenge me to like let go of these things that I think he needs to learn or experience. <music>we got Frank Small and a good friend of mine and also uh, as with a couple of the previous folks you guys have heard a GoBundance uh, member as well. So Frank, if you can explain a little bit about who you are, um, uh, your background, both uh, uh, business and as a dad, um, and then we'll uh, kind of just keep the conversation rolling from there. I've got a wife and two kids and an eight 
10-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old son. I live at near Annapolis, Maryland. The actual name of the town I live in is Davidsonville. My, my business is in, in Crofton, Maryland. And um, so I, I run a few businesses uh, here in this area. One is a, a manufacturer's rep firm that sells commercial industrial heating equipment. Another one is, uh, that one's called United Energy Products. And the other company is a company that installs the chimney products we sell for boilers, water heaters, restock generators, and, and other applications. That's based here in Maryland. I also have uh, three companies, one in Florida, one in Texas, one in California, that sells the, the, the chimney products that we, that we, um, that we sell here. So we, we're, we're, that's brand new. It's about 18 months old. So now you have a much larger business with multiple businesses out on top to it, on top of it. So how do you envision, or do you try not to envision or whatever the, the case may be your, your kids involvement in uh, the business? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I want to um, have opportunities for them if they're interested. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I, I, I kind of like my dad's approach, the way he did it with me. Like, um, I'd like it for them to go get some other experience if they want to. My dad never pushed me. Um, he never really let me know that I could if I wanted to. Um, mm. So maybe I would, the only thing different I would do with, with my dad was with my kids say, it's here if you want it, you know, uh, it, but if, if you don't want to, that's fine too. You know, but if you do, I, it would be good if you went and worked for somebody for, you know, three, four, yeah. five years and then come in. Um, yeah, there's there's going to be, you know, my Collins ten. You know, we're talking 12, 14 years before they'd even be like kind of hitting yeah. the workforce. And what this business could be then, like, is it the, the hockey curve effect that's happened over the last couple of years? I mean, you know, we just uh, we're we're located here in in, uh, in the DC area. Got a couple of businesses here, but we just started one in Florida, started one in Texas, started one in California. There's going to be so many more opportunities and things. Yeah, for sure. I had one opportunity, one job that was available in one place. They're going to have so many different options. That hopefully all keeps going well by the time they get out. Like if they want to go to live in California, they want to go in Texas and there'll be other states. If they want to get into the, the, the chimneys or boilers or into manufacturing. Um, so hopefully they'll have a lot of options. And if they're not into it, then they're not into it. I'll, I'll be able to. Yeah have the ability to support them and what, what they want. I mean, it might be cool if they're into something else and I go in and go into business with them or, you know, give them some money to, to fund what they want to do and help them get started and be a part of it. I haven't really come across anything great yet, especially for mm-hmm. an eight and a 10 year old, um, other than bringing my, bringing them to, to, to work with me every so often. Yeah. Um, but they, they show interest in it and they actually ask about it. So just, just kind of having conversations with them. Um, for sure. You know, they'll, they'll ask, well, what, do you own this? Do you like, what's this? Like, um, but then the other side is, is like, it, it'd probably be easier for me to teach them to do the real estate. You know, they can't come here every day and really learn what we do. Yeah. The real estate stuff can be done at home. Like, um, you know, I, I want to start getting Colin into kind of understanding how I'm managing, you know, my condo at, at, at the beach. Yeah. You know, other, other real estate. I, I don't have a whole lot of real estate right now. I've, I've, I've sold it off more over the last three or four years than, than, than purchased, but I want to build it up again. Um, and just, just like one thing my dad never did, probably he didn't have the money, um, is investing, right? You know, even like just 401ks or, you know, being LP or something like that. 
Um, so I really want to start involving them at least, you know, when I'm going through some of these and bringing, bringing them in and, and yeah. at a 10 or 11 year old level, explaining to them what I do. Cause when I got, I didn't know about that stuff until I was 40. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just probably, um, I'm probably thinking more of terms about like, what didn't I know? Um, yep. you know, what, what, you know, that I didn't know until I'm 40 or, I'm sure there's stuff I'll learn at 50 that I didn't know. Like, what can I, what can I teach them that I didn't know? Um, cause the business side is going to be hard. Like, I think that, you know, if, once, you know, Colin gets in the high school and they both, you know, if they, and they're starting to, to work jobs, like if they want to come in here and work, like that would be the way to start really bringing them into this business. Um, you know, outside of just talking, I tell them what I'm doing. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to Toronto because I'm talking to this company because I'm going to yeah. buy them and this. So I talk to them as much as I can. I, I it's, it's something I think about more and more and I haven't really come up with the, I mean, to your point, like getting him into buying something and doing something like the guy had a paper route when I was a kid, I, I cut, cut, uh, you know, lawns and stuff like that. I think they're just a little too young for some of these, these things mm -hmm. that I can start pushing them to, but it's on my mind. I haven't found anything, you know, So Joe Wexler on the podcast, uh, he is a, a good buddy in, uh, in Go Abundance. Um, Joe, I want you to, to start kind of just give me a little bit of background on you, um, your family. Joe Wexler, I live in Charleston, South Carolina. Been married to Sarah. That we're coming up on 15 years this fall, so suddenly 15 years. Um, I've got we have a 10 year old son named Ben and an eight year old daughter named Genevieve, and as you can imagine those ages are very busy and. Uh, we're fortunate to be able to put a lot of energy towards them. I own a handful of small businesses. Um, I spent a lot of my time before we had kids in management consulting, and I was traveling all over the world 100% um, of the time. And once kids started coming, realized that wasn't really uh, sustainable for the way we wanted to live as parents, specifically me. The, the one that I'm the CEO of, obviously, kind of ebbs and flows a little bit more and, and demands a little bit more time. It's growing very quickly. So again, I've got a great team there to handle all day to day, but I'm still pretty heavily involved in strategic. So at eight and 10, your kids probably, you know, I don't know how much you talk to them right now about the businesses, but I would imagine they probably can, are they a part of these types of conversations to be able to say, Hey, oh, this yeah. is something we're looking at, or how do you, how does That's that go? probably been the most thing, most fun thing about the last couple of years with them is, <clears throat> you know, they're, they're both super smart and everybody, every parent says that. So Take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> um, but, they, you know, they're both like enterprising young kids. And um, I actually am also intentional about having them understand the responsibilities of being a business owner. And having, mm -hmm. so they, they hear, I let them and ask them to listen to conversations of mine where I'm like talking to an employee. They're making decisions about insurance or like, all these things. And they know, like, my daughter's age. Like, my daddy's boss of four companies or whatever. But we talk about, like, what that means. And not, like, not that there's this, uh, certainly not, no entitlement from their end. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not just the run stuff over here. They, they understand that it's, like, a really cool responsibility. And it's uh, challenging. So they're part of all that stuff. And... Hopefully they see the hard work and 
and that it actually means something when you're employing somebody else. It's pretty cool. We've tried the family board meeting and uh, being consistent about like actually having set times where we're talking about things and it, you know varying degrees of success. We do have family values and uh, we do goal setting, individual and family goal setting every year, which has been great. Um, but still, not to some of the structure that um, I'm sure some of your other guests will have and that we've heard from some of our mutual friends. But when it comes to the business conversations, I think, uh, and I've heard other people talk about this too, like just um, not doing that in a silo. So, so they're aware of what you're doing, I think, is and letting them listen is probably as powerful, if not more powerful than any, any other thing you could do. And then, hey, man, what did you think of that conversation? Did you understand what we were talking about? Um, what questions do you have? And trying to just then have a conversation like, yeah, did you hear how hard that was? Or do you think I did a good job? Or how would you have handled that differently? And um, through, And then from there, it goes into explaining the context and hopefully they're absorbing kind of the bigger picture of things. And yeah. you see that manifest when they say things like, are you an employee or an employer? Or they'll, they'll make connections later on that is really surprising to me. But I think probably the biggest thing is just allowing them to be there and listening when you're having some conversations every now and then without it being like the only thing that they know you for, obviously. Just real, just real quick back to the conversations of, of like, having your kids listen to your work stuff and mm -hmm. make sure they're aware of it. Like you don't want them to know you only for the work, but yeah. if you, if you're going to create a life where you're going to be present with them more often than you're working, inevitably you're going to have to have some of that. And I think that's like the, like being intentional about them understanding what you're doing and why you're doing it the way you are to have the time with them while also understanding the responsibility that you have the entrepreneur and the business owner. Like that's kind of a crazy thing that most people don't have to worry about. Yeah. So like, for instance, we did a six week RV trip last summer, which was incredible. I mean, like how so much dedicated time with the family, this is after COVID. So we just wanted to like <laughs> harness all of that as much as possible. And in six weeks, you can't just like completely shut it all down and shut it off. Yeah. I mean, so the fact that they can see you, at least in my situation, like see me on vacation doing something new with them, exploring, present, but then be able to like peel off and have a conversation that's work related and and them understand the magnitude of that without them feeling like it's you're being taken away from it. I think something you have to work through. And the, the yeah. you know the entrepreneurs groups that go abundance group and all that, the people that we hang out with, everyone's like sort of gets that. Like I was on a trip with four other guys, four of the GoBundance guys a couple weeks ago for the weekend. And it was so cool because we were like exploring a city together. And every now and then, like you have to answer their phone or have to like take care of something really quickly. Mm -hmm. And everyone understands it. It's like, okay, cool. Hey, he's taking a call. I'm going to have a hop on a call. We're going to handle some stuff. Mm -hmm. Come right back to it. And we, we get, we talked about having that same kind of dynamic with our kids. Um, so, I don't know. There's probably a better way to do it if you've heard anything that's like. No, I, I think that it's, yeah, I, I did something similar literally just yesterday. We went to Bush Gardens. Um, 
And I told my son, I said, well, the beautiful thing about dad running businesses from home is we can do this. I said, but the downfall about dad running businesses is that I'm going to have to probably make a phone call or two while we're out, yeah. you know? And there's literally, I wasn't expecting it, but I, I had to make a phone call to do a wire transfer. And then I had to make a phone call to uh, knock something. Like it was, there was two or three things that, that went on um, that led to us not being able to do, you know, the hand slap game while waiting in line for a roller coaster, right? So it was like, sorry, buddy, I'm going to do this real quick so that we can get on this roller coaster, you know? So, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, how much they understand, I don't know. Like, I'd love to be able to peel their brain open a little bit more and kind of like, what do you really think about that? Cause I, I feel like sometimes I get, and maybe you're in the same boat, but I feel sometimes I get the answer that they want daddy to hear, not necessarily the answer like that they're actually feeling. Cause you can almost see the, the difference between what they're saying and what their face tells me. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, cause it, it's still, I would imagine, uh, uh, well, I mean, daddy's still having to step away, but, but to also see that, you know, I'm, I'm taking responsibility for the businesses that I run at the same time as, as doing what I can to be involved as a dad. I think that I'm, I'm hoping that that shows up, uh, shows up well for them. Yeah. I mean, I think like you said, to, to just have a conversation and say, Hey, we're able to do this because of that and mm -hmm. compartmentalize a little bit, but just know that it's part of your life. So are you including your kids in the business at all besides just having the conversation or do you have thoughts or plans on what you would want to do? You know, maybe in, you know, in three years, this is what I want to do with, with Ben or what, what, what are your ideas there? Yeah. Um, so they're not necessarily included, nor do I have the intention of them being included in current businesses that I have, but mm -hmm. I have done businesses with them separately, like their own businesses. Ooh, awesome. Yeah. Um, so my son has like a pet sitting business. He said, I want to have a pet sitting business. He came up with them like, perfect, let's do it. Let's write it all out. Here's your, here's the budget and how we're going to market it. The only thing my wife and I have done is helped him with like Facebook pages, Facebook posts, mm -hmm. like the neighborhoods around town. Um, but he's gotten jobs and then we'd like to actually put a little like some structure around it. So he sees how much he's making, how much he's spending, how he's going to charge. And it's really cool. That's <laughs> so, awesome. Um, so he's done one or two things like that. And then my wife, my, my daughter, who's the eight year old, a little bit younger, uh, kind of tags along with him on that and then tries mm -hmm. to do her own thing, which is great. Uh, but, but I do have the goal of investing in something, uh, alongside each of them over the next couple of years. So either a piece of real estate, uh, you said earlier, now is not a great time to do that, but, uh, yeah, giving them like their own business or their own project that I can help them with that actually has meaningful value um, and teaches them that part of things before they get into college or as they're getting into college so that mm -hmm. they're not just getting textbook stuff, which for me, like, that's what it was. I mean, learned some cool things and great college experience. I got my MBA, so I paid for even more college, but all of that academic stuff didn't really teach me how to actually like make money or actually be efficient with time and resources. Yeah. Um, so I want, well, I think there's value in those things that my goal is to like have actual cash flowing something, whether it's a business or, uh, investment with each of them, at least one before they're out of high school. We have on, uh, a fantastic guest, a, uh, a dad, a father of two kids, um, Courtney Atkinson, uh, thank you so very much for joining me, Courtney. So 
if you can tell us uh, a little about yourself, um, a little background on your family, and then I'd love for you to, to kind of dive in on. Yeah, I'm a real estate team leader. We have a team of a little over 50 agents in three markets. We'll sell a couple hundred million a year. Um, also have a coaching company for, for real estate agents, brokers, team leaders. Like my, my biggest hope is that, uh, you know, my young kids, Carson and Conrad are now six and a half and eight, uh, you know, want to be in that business and that I can create a business that they might be, uh, you know, desirous of stepping into. So that's kind of my primary objective. I love the work that I do. So like at what point? Do you want to include the kids in the business? Um, and how much do you want to, uh, how much do you want to push that or not push that? What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Mm. Well, I, not push it. Um, but my, my vision is that if I make it look attractive enough and if I'm a decent enough dad and I'm present enough and we have enough fun together and can afford a lifestyle that, uh, you know, is enjoyable, there'll be an attraction there at least. Mm -hmm. And, you know, given the kind of work, you know, it, it seems appealing to a kid anyway. I mean, it's, you know, the, the one thing about running a real estate team is that it's a little bit like a popularity contest. So that's kind of a neat thing to a kid, you know, <laughs> like they know that, that everybody knows their dad and that's kind of cool. Um, so yeah, what do I think of that? Well, you know, my plan is to, I should say our plan, my wife and I own all these companies together is, is to sell a third of it to, to some of our partners. You know, that's part of our exit plan here over the next five years. And, uh, retain two thirds, uh, each a third a piece. And then with the idea of at some point transferring them to each of the kids, um, so that they could run them together if they wish. And if not, we can, mm -hmm. you know, sell them to, to the other partners. That's kind of the, the transition plan here over the longer period to hang on to two thirds of each company. Um, what would that look like? I mean, we're big advocates for education. I know that that's, uh, you know, something that a lot of people contest these days, but, uh, you know, in Canada, it's not so expensive, you know, to go to university and, you know, I, I can appreciate the, the value of a liberal, liberal arts education and the ability to establish some critical thinking skills to mature a little bit in a sheltered environment, to learn how to write, to do accounting, to do those types of things. And then, you know, go screw somebody else's business up for a couple of years and, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, get your wits about you, get your, get your, uh, your butt beat a few times and then, uh, maybe decide to come home and, and join the old man. So that's kind of, you know, if I could paint a picture, I think that's what it mm -hmm. looks like, but you know, who knows, man? Cause you know how it is, right? Kids are so different. Uh, one of them's, you know, really artistic and, um, you know, just very sweet and patient and a little quiet. And, uh, you know, the other one's like me, he's got ADHD. He's all over the place, big feelings, uh, big personality, tons of energy. And so, you know, they, 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 they could do any number of a million things yeah. that a person would want to do on this planet and none of them could be real estate or coaching. Right. So yeah, for sure, uh, yeah. I'll just do my best to be a great example, to make it look enjoyable and to and encourage them. And yeah, I really would like to work with them. Like, you know, mm -hmm. to me, that was one of my greatest pleasures in life would be to, to share, you know, days with them and impacting the communities that we serve and, and, uh, you know, to agree, even, even in the coaching company, we get to impact communities across North America. That's a lot of fun. And so yeah. the potential to do that with my children would, would bring me great joy, but one has no control. One thing that is probably most relevant to our conversation today relates to finances and, mm -hmm. and, um, I think their philosophy around, around money, you know, my truth was growing up in the Maritimes, you know, there was a lot of poor people and, um, I wouldn't say that we had scarcity, but there was definitely not enough for the things that we wanted, right? 
And I've been really intentional about helping the kids understand that, that money is not difficult to come by. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, the truth is, is that, you know, once you've figured out a few little hacks, um, there's an abundance of money for us all to go out there and, and get now, uh, the approach that I'm working at with them is that it really comes down to service, you know, just help as many people as you can with a problem that they can't get a lot of help with. And there's compensation associated with that, whatever it is that brings you joy, you know, do something that's meaningful to you. That's meaningful to as many people as you can possibly serve. And eventually, you know, it'll work out right. Um, ideally there's going to be decent margins in that thing, you know, you know, ideally with a broad audience, you know, mm -hmm. all those things, of course, but yeah, that's been, I think foundational in the conversations that we've been having is that, um, you know, yes, we have money. Yes, we don't have to worry, but it's also because we have a mindset around, around money. You know, we don't sit around worrying about it. We watch our language. We, we're generous, you know, we're, we're not, um, you know, gaudy people that, uh, you know, that, you know, need, need to talk about it or show it off, but we, we also don't want our kids to be scared or worried about it, you know? Yeah. I love that. Bad. I mean, we've had kids at times where we were very, close to being out of business, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, you know, to it, we were age appropriately transparent about those things. You know, we wouldn't want them to worry about homelessness or anything, yeah. but we, we've never, we've never held back on what's going on and why things might be different this year than last year, you know? Um, but I think those things are important for entrepreneurs because, you know, it's, it's easy for us to get in our own heads, right? It's easy for us to get concerned about these things and, you know, be stuck in the grind and always trying to fix things and nothing's right. And, and, uh, I would want my kids to see that, um, yeah, that, you know what, like the, the greatest joy in this work that I can see is the fact that, you know, I get to go to work and serve people and make an impact and help others live big lives. And, and if I'm good enough at that, everything else is going to be fine. And if I'm not doing a very good job at that, there's a really good chance because of this guy here, you know, and I, I ought to be doing some more work on him. Mm -hmm. So one, one thing that you said in there is you, you watch your language around money. Tell me what that means. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I learned at a young age, uh, some fairly negative thoughts around money. You know, it, you know, we can't afford that. No, you can't have that. Um, you know, just, there was just a lot of like, uh, a lot of that, a lot of kind of fear, if mm -hmm. you will. And we, and we really, we really didn't talk about it either, but when we did, it was kind of always in this like negative way. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, for our kids, it, it, it's not being about that. It's been about decisions and choices. And, you know, if we do this thing, there's other things that we can't do. Or is this thing more meaningful or more appropriate than, you know, giving money away than charity? And so give you a great example. I was really proud of the kids. You know, my wife and I are, are, are philanthropists. We, you know, we gave quite a bit of money away over the past couple of years to a local charity. My wife was sexually abused as a kid. And so there's a great uh, local charity that supports kids that have uh, experienced that and and helps them in the in the prosecution of their of their uh, of their uh, perpetrator. And so we've given quite a bit of money to them, and um, the kids know about that because we talk about money and yeah. we talk about what we do with it, and you know how much there is and what our daily nut is. They know what I got to make a day to pay the bills, and um, they also know not to go talking about these things mm -hmm. broadly because that's not everybody's culture, but in our house it is, and. Um, but yeah, it was cool. The kids had a lemonade stand on the weekend. They made 80 bucks and, you know, they were talking about, you know, how they might run the program and, you know, they're, you know, building coupons and all this kind of cute stuff. And, um, 
And we talked a little bit about philanthropy and how much they might like to give away. And they kind of settled on, you know, about half of it. They were going to increase the price from a dollar to three dollars and give half of it away. So they come ahead 50 cents a piece, right? Yeah. But hey, like that's good math. Good model. Thinking. Good yeah. model. Right. Um, and so they liked that idea. They settled out at, uh, at 80 bucks at the end of the day and decided that they wanted to give 70 away to the charity. And I thought, man, like that's cool. Like, you know, on the one hand, it's cool that they're being charitable. This was on their own design. It wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, my, my kind of decision or contributions. Um, you know, the flip side of that could also be that, yeah, of course, like they've got enough of an abundant mindset around money that they're not worried. Um, which is true. Like you get to be extra charitable when you have extra money. Right. Yes. And so they're also aware of their privilege too. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, we're just trying to give them a full scope picture of, of what it looks like being, uh, you know, in a family like ours, you know, and, um, try to help them be responsible with that information, you know, stuff with a six and a half and eight year old, you don't yeah. quite know what they say at school. So, you know, trying to keep it as, as appropriate as possible and do yeah. like you say, man, hope for the best. Like we're only. My first run, man, I haven't been a parent before this, you know, like yeah. I got two kids close in age and we're figuring it out kind of at the same time, right? That's what I tell my kids all the time. I'm like, look, I've, I've never been a parent to an eight-year-old and a four-year-old and a seven-week-old before. Um, you've never been an eight-year-old before and you're learning how to do that. I'm learning how to be the dad to an eight-year-old. So I don't, I don't yeah. know. This is my first time doing it. Let's figure it out together, you know? But the, the way you talked about the language thing, that's exactly what I was hoping you were going to say. And you know, there's a, there's a book that I really like, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Then it talks about, uh, you know, our, our mindset on money. You can use it in just about anything, like wh- where we get our thought processes from, where we get our mindset from. Um, and, you know, we tend to get it from where our parents were. And unless we have some sort of a reset somewhere, for me, it was getting married to my wife. She had this magical thing called a savings account that I had never heard of before. And I was like, Man. the heck do you save money for? You know, like, this is silly, you know, and uh <laughs> I mean, you, you still are in the military. You get paid every two weeks. What do you need to save money for? Right. It didn't make any sense to me. Um, uh, but that was a good reset for me and a good, like a good reframing of, of my thought process. Um, and that really helped me start to think about the language I use around money. And I, I still catch myself once in a while going back to that old thought process and the, the way that I say it to my boys. And it's like, uh, you know, it, it, it brings that scarcity mindset around money as opposed to the abundance mindset around money. It's like, no, I don't. It, it, it's not that we don't have the money for it. We, we have the money to buy any toy in the store that you want. Like that's, that's not the point. The point is you have 5 billion toys already and yeah. you know, 4 billion, 999 million of them you don't play with. So mm-hmm. is it, is the money better spent here or would you rather we go out for some ice cream and enjoy an experience, maybe do some mini putting and have fun together? Like where are we actually using this money that makes more sense? Um, and yeah. You know, I'm hoping that takes, but well, it takes, it takes practice. And, and, you know, the thing with, with children is that it takes so much repetition, mm-hmm. right? And, and we have to be, you know, consistent as parents and, you know, on the same page as our spouse. And, um, you know, one of the, one of the things that I've been, you know, thinking a lot about lately is, you know, the downside to this abundant mindset that they have around money is that, um, you know, the, the, the gratitude, it, you know, isn't quite as high as, as I would like, you know, if I'm mm-hmm. being frank about it, right. You know, they're, they're not worried. Right. And so, you know, we're wondering like, maybe we've gone a little bit too far with it. And, um, 
So yeah, I would say now we're kind of, you know, really doubling down on just the little things, you know, like thanks for breakfast, you know, like you don't, I get it. Like I, I never said thanks for breakfast once in my life, but I also didn't have the privileges that these two kids have either. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, yeah, just really trying hard, um, around appreciation and just the little lessons, you know, like, you know, plates and dishwashers, go hug your mom, tell her you love her and, yeah. and uh, you know, tell her to have like these little things, but you know, all these elements I think make better people. And, um, you know, the psychology, right. The, the more grateful that we are, the more opportunity we see, the more we can spread that. And I think you and I can both agree the world needs more of it. Today's guest is a, a good buddy of mine, Camille. Um, I've known Camille for maybe what, three years, something like that. Uh, I've loved Camille watching you as a dad, like I were saying right right before the recording started. Um, uh, you've got two beautiful daughters. It's just a fun family to watch and be around. So um, I want to kind of let the audience get to know you a little bit, have a good conversation with you, chatting about you know business and dadhood. But uh, first, tell us a little bit about your family. Um, introduce your family and yourself to everybody, and we'll start from there. So awesome. Uh, so I am married. Uh, so I'm a Polish immigrant, uh, married to Patricia. We, uh, she's also Polish. We've met here in the States though, since 04, we got married, but we've been together since about 97. We've had Natalia in 2007. So she's 16 now. And then Nell. So two girls, I didn't have like any wishes around having boys versus versus girls i just kind of took it as it was i was just excited to be a dad and and those two munchkins showed up and and the adventure of fatherhood was just uh for me it was amazing it still is actually you know obviously so yeah that's that's our family unit tell me more about the, the your actual businesses um because uh, you said you have three of them, I believe is what you said. Yeah. So tell me, tell me yeah. about those. You know, you started off buying a business from your mom that was like, you know, th three trucks, four trucks, and yeah. now you've got three, four businesses. So how how was that transition? What what happened in the middle there? Yeah. Um, so the main business is the is the siding and roofing residential company. Um, scaled it to about. Um, do we want to go into numbers or not necessary? whatever yeah. i'd love to so hear them sure why not sure all right so um we scaled it to last year we did seven mil in revenues um that company was mainly a siding installation company its main customer was the contractor slash developer new construction builds so no real sales necessity uh, no marketing necessity for the first bunch of years of, of that business being in operations and then about 2013 that i had that realization about not wanting to own a job and 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 i think the, the business owner should probably have a different approach to to business and life and like that got me on a whole self-development journey from which point like books like emith and and other business books completely blew my mind and I realized, holy shit, sorry. So holy crap, you can't, you can't, um, you can't scale a business if you're not working on it. Right. Which was the main re reflection, uh, realization at the time. Um, so then I really made uh, a conscious effort to make sure I'm, we're pivoting to the retail residential customer side. And now we've got sales guys 
selling at the kitchen table. Now we have marketing. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about uh, other geographic er- ge- geographical areas. Through EOS, we created our ideal customer. Uh, so we have a, we have an ideal demographic that we're targeting. Mm, I hired a marketing company. So that business is taking a shape of, of an, of a real entity. Um, I learned not too long ago that businesses go through these phases where in the beginning, let's call it in my industry, call it from million, one million to five million. You're working on the house. You're trying to figure out how to do things, how to create these processes, these systems. And then from five to 10 million, now you're focusing on the who. Who can I bring into this company that will add value, that's smarter than me, that can run this process or this department? And once you have that core leadership team from 10 to 15 or 10 to 17 million, now you're back into how on how to get the best out of that team that you've just created. What are the next steps? Uh, and then you're back into who, and it and it sort of re- revolves like that mm-hmm. as your business grows. So right now I'm at the who aspect of things. Uh, like I said, I hired a COO, we hired a manager, we hired more salespeople. So we're taking a, a leap. There was a decision I needed to make about two years ago. Do I want to stay in this business and have a lifestyle business that generates, you know, that million bucks, and I'm happy in a and, and, and I got the money, I'm able to reinvest it, all is good, but I'm still working in the business. Like at the time, I, I was still selling up to about a two, two and a half years ago. I was still mm-hmm. at the kitchen table. So do I, do I want to do that uh, and stay at this level? We were about five mil or so at the time. Or do I want to make this bet and invest back in the business, invest in people, bring in more salaries, bring in guys, people, and ladies who are smarter than me and grow this business. But as a result, my nets, net profit will shrink, right? And, uh, but it will allow you, it, allow, it would allow me to gain more freedom, time freedom. Mm-hmm. And then I could focus on expansion or acquisitions or things like that. And that's, that's the decision I made. And here we are two, two, three years later, uh, we're scaling and, um, Alongside of that, about a year and a half ago, I was presented with an opportunity to buy a business. And it's interesting how, how it's all about the seasons of life and where your mind is and what you've heard and what you've learned at particular stages in life. Because about two, three years ago, I was at a GoBundance event sitting in the audience and I'm hearing Cody Sanchez talk about business mm-hmm. acquisition, scale, and she's talking about this enormous opportunity in that sector of business ownership. And I'm sitting and, and thinking, man, and, and by that time, I got a couple of doors already. I'm, I'm all into real estate. Any money I make in the, in the roofing business and the siding business, I, I deploy into real estate. And I'm, sing- and I'm sitting there and thinking, man, that real estate thing is, is cool. I love it. I love owning assets. But I don't have any secret sauce i don't have any advantage in that space i'm doing the burr method like every other bigger mm-hmm. pockets listener out there in the world <laughs> everybody's doing the burr method uh, but they've been in business for like close to 10 15 years now i took i bought it in 04 i took it through an 08 recession mm-hmm. i took it through covid and I'm like, there's something to it. I, I know how to run a business. I'm By that time, I was already building the team, so I know how to build the team. 
I am a huge, my, I think my unfair advantage in business, at least that's how I feel. I know there's other businesses that do it way better than I do, is the culture thing. It's my connection to the people and my ability to, to inspire, motivate, and create a vision and have their vision work and, and the company's vision so we're all aligned towards the same goal. That's, that's what makes me happy. And, and I thought to myself, yeah, man, I, they know how to do this. So after that event, my mind, my RDS was thinking about scale, not, not well, scale, I was already scaling, but like what other things I can do around business tied into business and how I can grow that part of my portfolio and started liquidating the real estate a little bit. And then a buddy brings over, my buddy brings up, up, up over the opportunity to purchase a commercial roofing business here in New Jersey in my market. And because I was exposed to that talk, Cody's talk, and because mm -hmm. my mind was already working around it, I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. And if it wasn't for that, I would probably say, no, man, I'm not buying a commercial roofing business. What do I know about commercial roofing? Yeah. Right. But it was the right time, right place. Fast forward a year and a half. It took, it took me forever to take it down. Now we own that business. We closed on it last October. And uh, it's a great opportunity. It's a business that does, uh, last year they did around 12 million in revenues. It's uh, private work. They don't do uh, low margin jobs. They're, they're a high margin company, very mm, sophisticated, very uh, value driven to, to the customers. Uh, they have a fantastic team on board, a, a, a team that's been with, with, with the company for 15 to 25 years, wow. some of these people. So I was very, I gravitated toward that, towards that culture and that loyalty. That's essentially why I bought the business. I bought the business because of the people that were in it. So, so that's, that's, those are the two main businesses, businesses here in the Northeast. And like I, we talked about my brother's business down in Florida. So those three mm -hmm. businesses are, are the main entities. Uh, I created a holding company, uh, just to give ourselves some layers. Along with that, I created a service company. So now, um, I pulled out the functions of all the businesses that could be, that could service, um, as a shared service component. So my accounting, uh, legal, uh, financials, mm, even some of the management positions, now they're employed by the service company and they provide a service to the other three entities and I just build back. Okay. So uh, I'm trying to create this spoke wheel of where eventually, shortly, maybe next year, I'm able, once I dial in my systems to a T and, I'm, and I can have a handbook that I can hand off to people, I can open satellite offices or I can bring in other business owners who want to scale but don't know how. And I can say, guys, tap into, I'll, I'll, you know, you can tap into my shared service company. We'll take care of all your back end processes. Mm -hmm. All you're going to be responsible for is sale and production out in your market. And I'll take care of the rest. And that will be the value add to, to, to business owners who want to be there, but not sure how to do it. And then eventually they can go on their own and just like, sort of like a stepping stone to bigger and better things. But at the same time, service my entities that I'll purchase into the portfolio yeah. as well. That's awesome. So, um, anyways, um, Natalia and Nell, how much or how, like, how much do they know about the business? How much do you involve them in the business? If anything at all, like what, uh, now, what's been their experience inside of this whole uh, world of their their mom and dad being entrepreneurs? Mm -hmm. um, 
they know about the business of the business um yeah i'm I'm one of those dads that like what do you want uh you know what are you gonna do when you grow up you're gonna own apartment buildings <laughs> oh there he uh, is the joys What's of uh, a dad podcast is you get yes. to be a dad on the podcast yes. and what what is yes. all over your face dude Cream cheese. It's cream cheese. Don't worry about it. Eating some bagels, some <laughs> cream cheese for breakfast. Yeah. Yeah, bum. He's awesome. You remember Mr. Camille? Wow, he grew up. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you're not wow. wrong. Do you remember him? Are you sure? Hey, yeah. <laughs> you say hi? You're excited. Say hi to, little, well, you already have one. Are you excited about your little sister? Oh, he can't. you excited about your little sister, he said? Yeah. Do you love your little yeah. sister? Nah, you want us to return her at the store, don't you? No. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm going to keep recording, okay, Daddy, bud? Yeah, bud? Last night, did you feed my snake? Yes, I did. <laughs> and you know the best part about this? Is I don't edit the podcast, so that's totally staying in. So I love it. I love it. But, all right, bud. Love you, dude. You. Have a terrible day. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. So I think we're, yeah, you're not kidding. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it's, it's nuts, but, and he's only eight years old, but yet still, you know, like I'm watching about the golf course and watching him run through life. And I'm like, dude, you're like, you're, you're eight, not 18. Calm down. Calm down, buddy. Like he just, yeah, it's ridiculous. But, um, yeah, we're talking about Natalia and Nell. Yes. Okay. So, Yeah. yeah. So, um, Right, so they know all about it. I'm, I'm, I'm always pushing. I'm always making silly comments about them being in a business, but they're completely not interested in any of that. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah. Natalia's uh, all into school right now, and and friends, and making sure she taps into the high school experience as much as possible. Mm-hmm. She did have got herself a job uh, uh, in the bakery at the register, mm-hmm. which was a, which was a, a crazy, no, not a crazy story, but a uh, it blindsided me because I had no idea she wanted a job or was looking for a job. One day she goes, she probably planned it with mom on the side. Obviously she did, mm-hmm. but it's a local bakery that we always go to. So she knows everybody. And like one day she's like, I'm going in tomorrow to work. Like, what? Are you even old enough? <laughs> and now she's working at the bakery on the weekends. And, uh, but yeah, you know, I don't want to push and I do push a little bit. Um, I don't, I, I don't want to, I don't know. I want it to play out, see what happens, mm-hmm. right? She's not too excited about college, which kind of makes me happy. Uh, but then yes. again, uh, my reservation is what if you have a secret talent in biology or what do you could, what if you could be in a tremendous value add to the society by being an attorney or, or a professional and yep. you'll miss out on that. So I have that in the back of my head, but again, yeah, again I'm not a huge fan of college, uh, but it's real. And then at the same time, her the spark about around entrepreneurship for her is not there yet. Not to say that it's not gonna, not going to be, but not there yet. So I'm in this spot where hmm, you don't want to go to college, but I don't. I, I'm not sensing that that urgency for, for into into other endeavors. Like, what are you gonna do, right? But again, mm-hmm. she's still young. I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm yeah. over over exaggerating. Uh, and a little now. Well, she's into everything, you know, singing, dancing, you know, gymnastics and well, yeah. So she's still, she's still a soul to be figured out. Yeah. I don't know. She's what, how old is she now? 12, 12, 10, 10. 10. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. That's awesome. A little stand-up comedy. Uh-huh. She does everything. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> she does everything. Yep. The, your two daughters have been they're they're awesome like just their their personalities yeah. and uh, you guys have you guys have done well so i uh, uh are you guys going to uh vermont yes yes so so natalia obviously she's now a seven will be a 17 year old by then um mm-hmm. you know uh not as easy to convince her to go to a fan band fan abundance event so I'll probably show up with Nell and then Natalia and Patricia will join us uh, like uh, two days into it because Natalia hates missing school for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> my, my dad told me you're missing school because we're going away. I'm like, peace out. Let's go now. She's like, I can't miss school. I don't know. So, so yeah, Nell, when Nell's back in, we're, we missed um, uh, an event or two, I think. No, well, another last one we missed. Yeah. So I want to make sure that, yeah, Nell's back into that community. And uh, we've also started a, a younger, adult, a young adult um, community with Michael Blanc. And we had our first meetup. So Go Abundance uh, guys and, and couples that have kids between 17 and 22 that's for that's them awesome. and and uh and michael's doing a fantastic job with that and creating some programming so i'm gonna have natalia tap into that and now now we'll be there at fan abundance that's awesome yeah i, I uh it was awesome like michael blanc was at the one in montana it was really cool to, to you yes know, meet him and see the see his kids and they worked really well as a family and it was fun to watch that that family unit as well so but you could tell i mean there was you know, you have my kids running around at that time, you know, seven and three, you know, and then his kids, you know, somewhere between 17 and, you know, 22, 23, like that same yeah. age group you're talking about. So, um, uh, a vast, vast array of, of, uh, childhood activities yeah. going on there. So, yes. Um, yes. But, um, is it, uh, is it a go bun and sanction thing or just something you guys are doing on the side? Well, it started off on a side, but we're trying to bring abundance in and make it official yeah. and ha- have them help us with it. Uh, but um, but we sort of started it on the side. We had, like I said, our first meeting in uh, Georgia, Atlanta, a couple of weeks ago. It was fantastic. And we are actually going on a cruise trip to, not a cruise, a, a yacht. Come mm. on, cruise, please. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> gracious yes a yacht trip to croatia taking the kids and um that's awesome we're gonna we're gonna curate some programming for for young adults around that on that we have on tim vest he's an entrepreneur a dad let's start off just uh, tim you telling us a little bit about yourself telling everybody uh, who it is that we're talking to today um your family your business or businesses in your case and then uh, we'll kind of go from there i have a company called harvest properties group that i founded a while back we purchase and operate real estate uh, mostly mostly in the multifamily and triple net space um, and primarily in the Carolinas, since that's where i'm located um, so north south carolina and georgia is where we mostly do what we do. Um, I'm also a co-founder of Making Moves Real Estate Coaching with my business partner Tim Vitali, um, and uh, we uh, we coach uh, we coach folks on real estate, kind of getting that first big deal across the finish line, if you will. I have a podcast and a small group uh, called Barbaric Yacht that uh, I founded. Um, that's focused on just kind of you know working with folks, kind of getting through. Um, 
through the entrepreneur world and kind of uh, making your own voice known. I'm going to start with the one that I know you include your daughter in on because she drew the the logo for it, right? The, the uh, barbaric Yelp. Um, uh, yeah, go ahead and switch it over. There it is. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, for those of you who are just listening, you should be on the YouTube one as well. You can see the video and see the, the logo that his daughter drew. But um, uh, so besides this logo, uh, what else uh, or if anything, does your daughter kind of get included on in the business? What kind of conversations do you have about business with your daughter? Yeah, so a couple of things um, that it, I, I'm going to start with probably my proudest moment uh, of when she kind of walked in my office. Uh, she, ha- she has this account that we put money in. Um, and, uh, and it's one of those things we use, like we put some money in it every month. And then, you know, like at Christmas, if she gets money, we always have this deal with her of any money you give us, we'll match it dollar for dollar. And it goes in the account, but you can't touch it. Like it has to stay in the account mm-hmm. for a while. Right. And somewhere, well, it was last year. Uh, last year, she walked in. She's like, can I see my account? She just likes to see it from time to time. So I logged in, showed it to her. And she goes, man, that's it. Like, I really, I thought it grew. F- I want, it's not growing fast enough. Yeah. I'm like, well, you know, it's savings. At, it's at savings 0.01%, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's savings account. Yeah. And, uh, but then she, then she literally goes, don't you do things to help invest, like, people make money faster. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I would say, I'd like to say I do that. Um, and she goes, I want to do that. Nice. Cool. So sat down with her and I said, well, this is what I do. And she goes, I want to do that. I want to invest in one of your deals. I said, all right, well, if you're going to do it, I said, this is how we're going to run it. I'm going to do with you exactly what I do with other investors. I'm going to present you deals. You figure out which one you want to invest in. Um, and I did, I presented a couple of deals to her and I, proud dad moment, right? Like I presented her one and in my head, I'm sitting there going, this is the one you should get it. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't say that to her, but I'm like, this is, and she looks at it and she goes, this is the one I want to do. <laughs> yes. And I was like, all right, <laughs> she picked up something. Um, either that or she's just good at math. Uh-huh. Um, well. So, so, uh, you know, I, uh, I put some money with it cause it mm-hmm. was a minimum investment, which she didn't have. Um, So I put some money with it to hit the number. We created our own little LLC and we invested in that deal. And, uh, you know, she gets, when, when it does a distribution, she gets hers, it goes into her account. I get mine. And, um, so that's one thing she's done. So she's invested in real estate. And then, um, obviously she's helped me with my logo over here. Um, and then, uh, what's something else she's, Oh, the other thing she's done is part of, part of her volunteer work is I, um, I sit on the board of a, a, a family housing nonprofit here in this area. And um, part of the way she gets her volunteer hours is she volunteers for the nonprofit. Um, nice. So she gets to, she gets to help out with that as well. So um, those are some more of the ways she gets involved with me. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and if she's good at the math, maybe you can teach her how to underwrite. She can start underwriting all your deals for you. Doug Spence is with us today. I want to uh, let him introduce himself. Doug, please just kind of say hello, uh, introduce your family, uh, who you are, a little bit of background on you and your business. And um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll go from there. My name is Doug Spence. I'm originally from Houston, Texas. Did my undergrad at Baylor University and then uh, joined the Navy back in 2009. I was an aviation guy, so went to flight school for a couple of years in Pensacola and then... 
uh, selected Super Hornets and went out to Lamore, California for a year, then moved out to Japan for three years, did three carrier deployments, uh, then uh, moved to Pensacola, Florida to be a flight instructor, did that for three years, uh, which is also where I met my wife, Kate. Uh, she is a Navy JAG. We're both uh, active duty Navy. Um, and then moved to San Diego in December of 2018. Uh, was at SEAL Team 3 for two years, uh, running their JTAC program, so Joint Terminal Attack Controller. And then now I'm back at a, an Aviation Command now, a non-flying Aviation Command uh, doing a, a department head tour now here in San Diego. We've been in San Diego for four and a half years now. Um, and then I got into real estate back in 2016 when I was in Pensacola. So that's where I bought my first property, really where I got addicted to real estate. And I've yes. been uh, surrounding myself with people that feed that addiction ever since. So it's only gotten worse, right? Uh, and just been doing real estate on the side while I'm uh, active duty. And then we have a, our son, Calvin. Uh, he was born on Cinco de Mayo, uh, 2022 last year. What kind of thoughts do you have on, um, I mean, your, your kid is just over a year, but what kind of thoughts do you have on how you're going to be talking to your kid about money? What kind of influences you want to have with your kid on money? What, what are your, what are your thoughts there on, on how you're going to push that forward? Yeah, that's a really good question. And, um, you know, he's, he's not really talking yet. He's like just babbling, mm -hmm. you know? And so we're, I thankfully have some time to figure that out. And that's why I like being in a group like abundance where, you know, you, yeah. there's hundreds of other people that have you know, figured that out and made mistakes and you can learn from their mistakes when it comes to talking to kids about money. But, um, you know, I think it's a lot of it is just showing him, not necessarily telling him, but kind of showing him like, Hey, here's how, you know, here's where we sit. We got to make sure we, you know, we got to make sure we save money. You know, we don't want to spend everything. And, uh, and I think just talking through things, um, as life events come up, like what, what is a credit card? Okay. You know, well, let's talk about what a credit card is. Let's talk mm -hmm. about how we pay it off every month. No matter what we, you know, we spend below our means. I think, um, you know, I haven't really put too much because he's so young. I haven't put too much thought exactly into how to do it, but I think, you know, I like the idea of, you know, some kind of an allowance just to show him like, Hey, here's your income. You can spend it how you want to, you can save it. You can uh, do extra stuff around the house to earn more income. But if you want to, and if you want to buy something big, you got to save up for it. You know, maybe depending on the item, you know, we'd meet him halfway and like, you know, but, but it really just driving those, those lessons through various things, you know, especially reiterating that, like, just because you want something doesn't mean you can have something. Cause I think that, yeah. you know, ha having that kind of mindset, especially with, with parents that grow up in a household where they didn't have everything where, where or maybe they were, you know, that they, they lived, you know, uh, their parents were maybe paycheck to paycheck or they didn't have the stuff that they want and all that. And then they, they get to a point where they can afford stuff and then they want to give their kid everything they have, yes. everything they want. And then that's like, that kind of conditions the kid to like, if I want something, I can get it. How do I get it? Mm -hmm. Credit card, you know? So if you're not teaching them that stuff, um, it, you know, it can be very you know detrimental obviously. But um, yeah, I think, I mean, I guess that's a good question for you. Like how, 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 have, how have you done it? I mean, do you do the allowance thing or? Uh, at the moment, no. Um, so I've, I've definitely talked about investing, um, and kind of, you know, uh, showing what we do and, you know, there was, uh, um, you know, we've, we've been talking about business owning and, um, like we just went a couple days ago, 
um, went to uh, uh, do some shark tooth hunting. Like there's this place a couple hours away from here where you can just go. And they they dig up all this old old dirt that's got a bunch of shark teeth in it. Maybe you know maybe you can get a megalodon tooth type of thing. So the boys were wow. super excited. They thought it was awesome. We found like some pieces of megalodon teeth. So I mean you're like the root. It was like this. It was like an inch and a half. Um, uh, thick where it broke off. So I was like, goodness gracious, I couldn't imagine like this wow. had to be huge. But anyways, um, so while we were out there, I was like, Hey, what do you think? Like we, we've got, you know, I think we have like 270 teeth or something like that, that we found. So while we were hunting and he was just loving life, I was like, well, what do you think about, you know, what, what can we do with all these teeth? You know, and started talking about like, okay, well maybe, maybe, we'll do, maybe we make of it, but find out how much we could sell some shark teeth jewelry for, you know? And then he was like, yeah, that would be a good idea. And then we, we've got an au pair. And she was like, yeah, I'll help do that. You know? So then now we can make a project out of, okay, well we went and we spent this much money on going to go do this shark tooth hunt. And now, so we need that money back plus supplies that we have. So like, let's do the math, calculate it out. And like, I'm, that's, that's one of our plans now. Cause that was just a couple days ago. So now I've got to get like all the stuff to make the necklaces and bracelets and all that type of stuff. But, oh. um, but at least it gets him thinking about business and money and now he's going to earn money. Um, uh, so, I mean, I've even started talking about, okay, well, how about we do, I, I get 75% of the profits until I, I get my money back and then we split it down to 50, 50, or maybe 75, 25, we switch it over. Once I get all my money back, now you get 75%. I get 20. So we're, we're just having conversations about what that money looks like. Now I've got to write it all out on paper so that he can kind of, sure. It's hard to track all, all in an eight year old's brain. Um, but you know, he, he loves being able to talk about money. And I'd say one of the hardest things is it, this might be easier for you than it was for me, but a lot of what I heard was, no, we can't afford that. No, like we don't have enough money for that. And yes, I still say that rather often, not because we can't afford it because we, we can like, I mean, he's asking for a bouncy ball, right? But we have 7,000 other bouncy balls. Do you really need a bouncy ball? Like what could we right. use that money for? Um, so now it's more, I'm trying to make sure that the language that I say is more, uh, uh, not to be cliche, but more abundance mindset as opposed yeah. to scarcity mindset. Like, no, we, like, yeah, we could totally afford that. We have the money for it. Like, no big deal. But is that really where we want to spend our money? Because if we spend our money on that, then I can't use that money for, you know, when you want to go to some, you know, islands of adventure out in Orlando or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, that's where so it seems for, like it'd be a good introduction of like wants versus needs. Yeah. You know, and then also introducing the idea, which I'm sure is tough for kids to understand. Well, I mean, it's tough for most adults to understand, but like delay, delayed gratification, you know, yes. like not getting, getting it right now because it feels good. It feels good to get that toy in the store right now, but you have seven of these other ones at home. So you just wait till you, yeah. but in the moment they, they see it, they want it, which is how, I mean, that's how adults are too, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. But I think that, getting that delayed gratification, you know, Hey, you can, you can buy this right now, but, but remember where you said you wanted to save up for a guitar, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you buy this now, it's going to be a lot longer until you can get that guitar. So which one do you want? Do you want the ball right now? Or do you want to extend the time until you can get the guitar or whatever, the bigger purchase down the road? And then you can see them thinking and, you know, and let, maybe let yeah. them make that decision, you know? So, yeah. 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 And then they could feel the pain of the wrong decisions too, at that point. Yeah. You know? And, uh, it's funny because we, we have, uh, my son had a wallet, um, that had like, I don't know, 380 bucks or something like that. And it, if I brought him in here, he would tell you to the dollar how much was in there. Uh, but when we moved from, uh, Virginia to Florida, uh, it is no longer around. Our only assumption is at this point with everything that we've done to try to find it is that the movers, um, 
put it in their pocket, thinking it was their Spider-Man wallet, perhaps. Um, and it is completely gone. Like, and, and so, you know, now it's been a talk about, okay, well, why do some people do that with money? Like, how are they thinking about money versus how you're thinking about money? Because, like, we can replenish this and we can earn money back. And we could, like, there's a billion ways to make that money back. So, you know, don't let it be the end of the world for you. Like, let's have, let's, let's figure out. And, and he's fine with it. He's like, all right, well, I mean, let's figure out how to get it back, you know? So I'll, I'll, I, re- we replenished the majority of it. Uh, well, really all of it other than what, what he owed us. Cause we, we bought something else for him. Like to your, to your point, and we, well, this is your money that we're spending. So, right. Um, but, uh, uh, but clearly somebody who's, who's stealing money has a bad mindset about money. So let's have a conversation about that. Like there's, you know, we could be watching TV about something, but was that a wise move that they just did like with with this financial thing or with this, whatever. Um, uh, I sound, I sound almost like that's all I do is, is teach them. I feel like that, but, um, anytime there's an opportunity and I think of it, I'm going to say something like, because I never had those thoughts until I was much older. So if I can get it ingrained in his brain now, um, to think about money that way, then great, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And I think another, you know, my, my wife, she didn't, um, she didn't get a lot of money conversations growing up either. Um, so it's, you know, but thankfully we've both been intentional. We, like, we've already been talking about like, you know, how are we going to handle that? And I think that's another thing is like making sure, you know, the, for sure the spouse is on the same page as well. Um, so that you're mm-hmm. you know, unified with how you're going to talk about all that. But the, the thing that I've thought about a bit more rather than like the tactical day-to-day stuff is like, how do you have the conversation with like an older kid, maybe not that much, like, you know, older than 10, once they're really starting mm-hmm. to understand the concepts of like wealth and there's, you know, hmm, these people have drive this kind of car and live in this kind of house. And these people live in this kind of house, you know? So how do you have the conversation of like, you know, wealth and, um, you know, the, the transfer of wealth and like how, you know, like me and your mom are wealthy, but that doesn't mean you are, you know, that doesn't mean you're wealthy. You know? And so, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, you're living with us now, but you're going to have to do something on your own someday. And how do you, and then how do you transfer or not transfer that wealth to them? How do you, how do you, how do you talk to them in a way about wealth to know that they don't, that they're going to have to build something on their own if that's something that they want. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and do you, do you give anything to your kids? Like, how do you, how do you, like, if they're going off to college, do you pay for their college? Well, I guess our, you know, my wife's already transferred her GI bill to our son, but like, you know, what, what about groceries when they're living in college? Do you pay for that or not? Mm-hmm. Do you, do you get, do they need to get a job? Do, what part-time versus full-time? Do they have to work in the summer? Like, how do you, that's going to, I think that's going to be tougher because there's so many different ways to do it. And there's a hundred different opinions on how to do that correctly. You know, there's the, you know, cause I had buddies in college that had to work part-time or full-time because their parents were like, Hey, we're paying for your tuition. That's it. And then other friends who like parents paid for everything because they didn't want them to work because they wanted them to focus on school. So like, and there's valid points to all that in, you know, even a bigger level of conversation doesn't make sense to even go to college at all, you know, yeah. but like, yeah. you know, just for the sake of conversation, like how do you handle that? college thing you know because there's there's no like necessarily right or wrong answer and a lot of it is based off of what we did growing up because that's our Mm -hmm. you know oh well the way this is the way that that it was done for me so obviously that is the best way to you know do it which but you know is it maybe it's not may or may not be true yeah yeah (laughs) so like that's i I do think about that kind of stuff kind of like further down the road more than like Mm -hmm. you know here's why you can't have that toy right now you know you know with a but it's probably because my my son is so young he's not even like 
you know, having that stuff yet. And just my personality type, I just zoom ahead years in the future for some reason to think, think about conversations that we'll be having 15 years from now. But, um, yeah, that's another thing. I think about that more often, I think, than those tactical day-to-day conversations about money. But, um, I think it's one of those, like, you know, reaching out to Gilbros and folks I know, like, hey, you know, my son said this. Like, how do you handle that? Or what book did you read to, you know, to to talk about money in this way to your kids? So, um, I think that's, yeah, I'm not sure how I'm going to handle all that stuff. But that's why I'm in a group yeah. like Abundance. So, <laughs> we have Jamie Gruber on the podcast today. So Jamie and I have known each other for, I don't know, like, I don't know, five years, something like that with between a couple of different masterminds that we've been in. Um, but uh, I'm really excited to have Jamie on. Uh, you know, he's another Go Abundance guy, another uh, another real estate uh, business owner, that type of guy. So to, to kick it off, Jamie, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, uh, what kind of business uh, slash businesses uh, you're involved in. I am almost 13 year happily married man. My wife, Sylvia, uh, and I met each other while working together in Boston. She actually worked for me. We have two young boys, eight and five, uh, Sebastian, both, yeah, both boys. Uh, Sebastian's eight, Julian's five. I host the Tribe of Millionaires podcast. It's in partnership with GoBundance. I've been a member for four plus mm-hmm. years and a lot has happened in my life that I credit GoBundance for. So I've partnered up and have done some, I have some businesses with them. So people get to know me through the podcast. When they know me and like me enough, they tend to join uh, uh, the Emerge, GoBundance Emerge community, which I own. So GoBundance Emerge is sort of the feeder program for future millionaires. We create whole life millionaires, I like to say, and people will join that. From there, I'm partnered with Quantum Capital. We invest in value-add, distressed, BC-class workforce housing, multifamily housing uh, in Denver, Austin, a little bit in LA. And that's kind of the funnel of my business, if you will, or all of my businesses in one funnel. And that's I think the nutshell of it. When it comes to the business, though, what are like? How much involvement do you want to have? How much involvement do they have? What do you talk to them about with your businesses, and like, what kind of exposure do they have into that world? Yeah, I, I don't have like a. I can't say that they have like intentional exposure. They, they. It's funny you say this though. They know that I have po- a podcast. My son watches like YouTube Kids and stuff, so he gets the. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, you're you're on YouTube. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, you know. So they get the podcast part of it. Uh, they understand real estate. We talk a lot about real estate. My older son, especially, like he loves, like even, you know, mm-hmm. he plays Minecraft. So he builds on Minecraft and he'll say like, look, I built this apartment building and da, 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 da. So he gets the real estate. That's awesome. They, they kind of have access to what they want to know. I haven't forced it. I haven't pushed it. When they ask, we talk mm-hmm. about it. Um, but they understand the podcast. They understand I have a, you know, a, a show or whatever, but in Lake Oconee in um, October, I just, it's funny. I just said this to my wife. We have a lot of just said this to my wife moments on this call. But it is what it is. Um, in Lake like Oconee, uh, do you know Tim Grover? Do you know who Tim Grover is? Uh-huh. Yes. You do? Tim, uh, yeah. So he's the keynote, right? So he's yep. the keynote for the Lake Oconee event. And then he's going to go over phenomenal. into the- and into, now I'm sad that I'm not going. Wow. But he's doing a keynote on stage for the main event. And then he's going to go over to the champion room, which is, you know, for people listening to High High Net, the rich, rich guys. He's going to go over to the champion room and do a fireside chat with me. That I'll then repurpose as a podcast, right? So I'll have him on stage live, just like I had Tom Bilyeu and Jesse uh, mm-hmm. Itzler, and I hope I hope Jordan Peterson in the near future. Uh, we're working on that, but to cool. to to be on stage with a guy like Tim Grover, not that my kids know who he is, it doesn't really matter. But I said to my wife, like, I think I want my dad and my oldest son to come to be in the back of the room when I do that interview to really mm-hmm. get a sense of like, oh wow, that's my that's my dad. My dad's up there talking to this guy. There's hundred guys in the room, but 
this guy's talking to my, why is my dad the guy up there? You know, mm-hmm. like, and for my dad, you know, I, he, at this age, softening, you know, I, I don't know, but my, my dad is not the dad <laughs> that he was. Yeah, He's not the, the man yeah. he was at 40. <laughs> like I get on my kids and my dad's like, come on, leave him alone. I'm like, who the heck are you? Who is this guy? Like, bring my father back. I thought he'd be behind me. Like, yeah, get uh-huh. him. You know, like, nah, He's like, leave him alone. But anyway. I, he would he would enjoy seeing his son, you know, in that moment as well, whatever that appears yeah. to be, or however much ego that might sound like it has. I don't really care. But yeah, I, I in that way, in that way, what I want my kid to see is that is my that's my people ask me with podcasts because I have some really cool guests and I've done I've done live podcast mm-hmm. interviews in front of three hundred people, right? And people every time like, were you nervous? I'm like, no. No, there's plenty of other things in life I'm nervous about, but that's, yeah. that's my thing, right? I was born for something like that. I, I don't think you're born for a, a role, but I was born to have that kind of interaction with people and for it to be out there for others. I was born to communicate in that way. So I'm not nervous. I'm, I don't be, feel intimidated if it's, you know, who have I had? Ryan Serhant, Exhibit, the rapper, um, uh, like I said, Jesse, Jesse Itzler, Tom Bilyeu, when it's, um, when it's uh, uh, Tim Grover, uh, Jordan P. I don't feel intimidated because that's my spot. And for my kid to be able to see dad in his element, like, mm-hmm. well, that's, you talk about masculinity, like, that's a guy who's doing what he's intended to do. I don't think he'll recognize yeah. that now. But one day, he'll have the ability to look back like we're doing right now and say, man, yeah. I watched my dad on stage with this. I don't even remember who the guy was. But he was up on stage and he was the guy, like all these people were watching him talk to this guy and all these guys were multimillionaires and they, he had all mm-hmm. of their attention, right? Like that's my conquering of the world. Like I can, I can still add value to guys that might be further ahead of me economically or whatever. That's my thing. That's me conquering yeah. for my son to see me in that way is really important to me. I think the five-year-old would I, you know, I don't know if he'd remember it. So I, I'm not saying I don't yeah. want to bring him, but the eight-year-old is at that age where it, you know, he'll at least have that memory. So yeah. I'm, I, I remember the first time I walked into a football game with my dad, Buffalo Bill, big Buffalo Bills fan. And you watch it on TV, you watch it on TV, you watch it on TV. Just like my son sees me on YouTube, sees me on YouTube, sees me on YouTube. But I remember walking mm-hmm. out of the tunnel, like, you know, whatever, the upper deck tunnel, and then seeing the field for the first time. And it was like, whoa, like I've seen this. Yeah. I know all these, pl- I've seen all of this on TV, but whoa. And I, yeah. I guess in part of me is hoping or thinking that that's kind of the experience he would have like, oh, wow. Like I've seen the edited mm-hmm. two-dimensional version of this, but whoa, there's like a whole production crew and there's cameras and there's all these people and yeah. it's him up there, you know? So I, 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 that's what I'm hoping he gets from it. We'll see if he does, but that's what I, that's what I envision it. Yeah. I have a uh, a fellow uh, veteran, um, father, uh, real estate investor, business minded guy. I'm really looking forward to getting to know Stu a little bit better. Um, but uh, we got Stu Grazier on the podcast. Uh, Stu, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, tell us a little about your family, a little bit about your business, and then we'll kind of go from there. Stu Grazier, uh, I am a, a husband uh, to my beautiful bride, uh, Crystal. We've been married. Uh, August will be our 15th year anniversary. Um, and then I, we have two amazing children, uh, eight-year-old daughter. Her name is Collins and a five-year-old son. His name is Wells. Or if you ask him, it's he's five and a half. I've dedicated my life to really being the best husband, the best father, um, and just better, best leader that I could possibly be in the community. 
I'm a veteran. I, I retired from the Navy after 20 years of service. I flew uh, helicopters for about 10 years, and then I transitioned and uh, flew uh, C-40s or like a Boeing 737 uh, as well. And then lastly, like you said, real estate investor, uh, own uh, multiple businesses, uh, started doing investing when I was uh, right out of college in, my, in flight school uh, in Pensacola. I started investing in real estate, and uh, I've tried about every asset, every niche, every strategy. Uh, that I could possibly do. Uh, I've failed a lot. Uh, I've learned a lot. Uh, but somewhere along those lines, I've, I've found some success in a few things too. So what are your thoughts on including the kids in business? Do you already include them in stuff or do you want to include them in more stuff later? How do, how do you kind of have you work through that thought process with including them in the business? Yeah, uh, I 100% um, love the idea of including them in business. Uh, we, we do it ourselves. Um, my, my kids are both private money lenders uh, to the bank of dad. Um, and uh, we, we actually have, uh, you know, promissory notes uh, for nice. each of my kids. Um, they get, uh, <laughs> this is only offered to my two kids and only to probably maybe age <laughs> nine or 10, but they get a hundred percent interest, annualized nice. interest on their money. Uh, so my daughter started doing private lending to the bank of dad about two years ago. Um, and she's, she's already like, I mean, I think she's going to get a check for like 500 bucks this, this year because it's like a hundred percent interest. Um, but you know, it's, uh, it's, it's teaching them how to make money with their money, you know, mm -hmm. put their money to work. And so, yeah, we talk about that stuff. Like they know I'm a real estate investor. They know that, you know, we own rental properties. Uh, they, they're on, they're in the car and they're listening to my conversations when I'm raising capital for, for a deal or um, talking to the property manager about something the bad that happened. I show them pictures of our houses and the rehabs. And, um, you know, most of the, how, most of the properties that we own are out of state. Uh, we do own some stuff in, in Colorado. Um, so they'll come every now and then and, and look at it. But, um, but yeah, man, I, I think um, they should be listening. Uh, they should be involved. Um, if you can, teach them about money and finances and create, you know, financially literate children, um, the earlier, the better. Nice. Yeah. Completely agree there. Um, especially on the yeah. financial side of the house, but, um, do yeah. you have anything set up like, um, uh, so they invest with the bank of dad, but do they, um, are, are they getting paid at all through any of your companies? Like, so I know that you can get like IRAs and stuff like that set up for your kids. If they're doing work inside of the stuff, you know? Um, yep. uh, so do you, do you have some of that type of stuff set up? Yep. Sure do. Yep. So they are both, um, employees of, of my company. Nice. Um, and, uh, you know, I do a, a lot of, uh, I, I use them a lot on, uh, you know, advertising, marketing, mm -hmm. social media posts, you know, they're in, they're in videos and, uh, you know, so I, I pay them, uh, essentially as marketing advertising consultants. Um, and you know, this is a hundred percent legal. I, I'm not a, a CPA or a lawyer by any means, but you know, I've, I've ran all of this through my mm -hmm. CPA and my lawyer and, and they're all, I'm all on the up and up, but, um, but you know, as an eight year old, and a five year old, um, yeah, they're employees of mine. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I will give them work, uh, age appropriate, uh, for them to work in my business. You know, sometimes if we're, we don't do much of it anymore, but you know, when we were doing like direct mail, they would, they would put the stamps on or they would mm -hmm. you know, write addresses or, um, you know, whatever age appropriate work you can put them in. Yeah. So they, we pay them, um, let's see, we pay them about $5,500 a year. Uh, what um, do you know? And 
Put it right into an IRA. That's a a good exact amount that we could put (laughs) right into an IRA. So yeah, yeah, so both of my kids have Roth IRAs, um, and uh, they started those a couple years ago. And um, so we just we put uh, the earned income into their Roth IRA every year. And then also we um, we we opened up uh, whole life insurance policies for them. Nice. Yeah. Um, so I have one of myself, my wife has one, um, uh, and we use the cash value portion of that to, to, you know, do private lending, to invest mm-hmm. in real estate. Um, and we opened up, uh, accounts for them too. So, you know, both of them, uh, have a death benefit of like, you know, a couple million. Uh, and, you know, so again, we take that earned income that they, we pay them and we put some of that into their, um, you know, monthly into their, uh, life insurance policy. That's awesome. Um, so their kids, you know, and the and the plan and the idea is that once they're old enough to understand it, we're going to teach them what a whole life policy is, mm-hmm. what what you can do, what, what's the positives and benefits of it, and how you use that um, to pay for things, to invest with it, and um, and then you know they're going to learn, then they're going to take it over at some point, and then they will do the same thing for their kids, and yeah. you know, my grandkids, which aren't even existing yet, they're they're already set up, you know, to be billionaires whenever for sure their parents go. So yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah, it's just yeah, and kind of creating that legacy. In the process, you get to deduct that eleven thousand dollars, fifty five hundred for each kids from your business. Yep. Those are business expenses for you guys. So um, it's income for them that they put right into the stuff. I mean, that's a um, a phenomenal setup for sure, and that's. Uh, um, I have yet, I've, it's out of pure laziness. I, I know that I can do it. I know that I should do it, but I have yet to actually do it with the kids. You know, just them showing up on the podcast, obviously, again, not a lawyer, not a CPA, but including yeah. them in things as far as, you know, advertising. And, you know, we, we brought them up to, uh, up to Atlanta for a property we have up there and, you know, to be able to do some pictures and things like that with the kids. And, um, right yeah. there, you know, that's, that's them, you know, being advertising sales and marketing consultants for us and um right. you know little, little models for us and those are those are valid things to to pay your kids with um, or for yep. i should say so um definitely recommend if you're listening and you do not do that with your kids you should um you know it's way better than an allowance because this is something that's going to last a lot longer than an allowance so um 100%. You know, the allowance is yeah. something different i have a buddy uh a good buddy of mine his name's marcus long and and he uh we we tried it for a little bit. Uh, I have not been uh, good at keeping this up, but he um, he he did he did a podcast and a, and a blog about it, uh, where he teaches his kids uh, essentially about passive income, um, and he and he uses uh, home appliances um, mm. as comparing it to like a rental property, and so um, he basically gave the opportunity to his kids uh, to buy an appliance. Um, so it could be a microwave or a blender or a dishwasher or something like that. And he offered kind of a, you know, a low price of like 20 bucks or something like that. And so they, now they own the microwave mm-hmm. and every time the parents use the microwave, they have to rent it. Um, and they have a tracker awesome. on the microwave. And so every time that they use the microwave, uh, they have to pay, you know, a penny to use uh rent the microwave um and so they keep track of it all month long and then they tally it up at the end and then uh they add in insurance and taxes and maintenance and all these things that you would add into you know an expense and a cost mm-hmm. um and so they basically their microwave that they bought for 20 bucks now becomes a, an income generator 
for them. And they talk, and he talks about, you know, all this stuff. And so like at the end of the month, he, they basically pay rent uh, for the number of times they That's used phenomenal. the, uh, the microwave. So I really like that uh, was Marcus Long, you said? I'm not sure Marcus I that Long, down, right? yeah. I'm going to look him up. That's yeah, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, I've been uh, saying it's, it's for a, a while. Yeah, it's a lot. Sure. Like, yeah, I would need um, a chart on the appliance that we can mark down and remember and label. Right. <laughs> that's a. Um, I would always forget, you know. Um, but think, but I, think about. It. I mean, it's such a great lesson, right? Oh, like, for sure. Yeah. 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 I just recently created a chart um, for fitness stuff because that's a it's an important thing in the family. My my oldest really loves it. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a rather, uh, uh, broken individual. So fitness is a little bit of a different, uh, different thing for me nowadays than it ever used to be. Uh, yeah. but, um, we made a little chart for like, uh, uh how many pushups you could do in a minute, how many sit-ups you could do in a minute, how many pull-ups you could do, how many burpees you could do in a minute. Like just a few different things that, you know, we can have like a, a, a tally of, okay, well, you know, what was your previous record? What's your current record? And then, you know, seeing the progress as it goes through. Um, so I'd love to create a little chart like that and put it on the microwave just to say, Hey, you know, you, you, you own this microwave. Like that's really, uh, that's really a, a cool idea. Um, that, I mean, honestly, I suppose the, the structure would be a little bit of a pain to set up, but in the grand scheme of things, I mean, if it's a, it really isn't going to be that much. I mean, I could print, print a little yeah. thing over, make it happen, stick it on there, have a little yeah. white, I mean, you know, dry erase marker next to it. Maybe, and maybe start, maybe, I mean, the microwave probably is a bad example. It gets used multiple yeah, it gets times used daily. Yeah. Like maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe go with like a blender or uh, <laughs> something that start with an easy one where it's maybe not as, not as used uh, as often. Yeah, no, no kidding. Less less tally marks I have to worry about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. My son knowing him, he'd be he'd be trying to negotiate it. Like I don't think I think it should be a dollar per use, Dad. I think that a uh, dollar is an acceptable uh, response. Yeah. Like, no, buddy. Like I don't I don't know if you understand this. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so, so I, I think okay. it's great to have kids kids in the business and teaching that stuff. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I want, I mean, I want them around a lot of the conversations and around, you know, knowing why I'm talking to people. And, um, you know, I, I have oftentimes I put the, put my headphones in if there's a call while I'm in the car, mainly because the boys love to play and fight and, you know, be boys in the back seat. Um, yeah. But if it's just Adam in the car, especially having him hear those conversations and understand what daddy's doing while he's on the phone and, whether it's a negotiation, whether it's a broker, whether it's a, just a business partner or whatever it is, like being able to hear those and being involved in those conversations. And um, one guy I was talking to, you know, he was like, yeah, and I always ask afterwards, like, what did you think about that conversation? How did you think it went? What do you think that could have done better? What do you think, you know, the other guy's response to this was or whatever it is, um, you know, and being a little bit more intentional about that is something that I would really like to, to start doing as well. Um, uh, yeah, that's I, good, man. Because it goes back to, and I've said this, I think a hundred times at this point is, you know, like the things that the things that they're learning are caught, not taught, right? Like, mm -hmm. what is it that they're seeing us do that is that is helping them learn something, as opposed to what am I teaching them, what am I telling them? Because um, it's what am I showing them is a lot more of an example of what's actually happening. So, yeah, um, we uh, even the, even the words that you use are so important. Mm -hmm. You know, we um, we started saying. Uh, gdht graziers do hard things uh, nice. around the house and it's kind of become just a, a sane and uh you know we go we go on hikes a lot um here in colorado and you know we'll we'll, we'll go on challenging hikes where like you know my five-year-old has to like climb mm -hmm. um and uh you know there's times where like he's a little worried he's a little like scared and 
you know, we push them, you know, we, pu- we push them to, and we say grazers do hard things. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, he was, he was on his scooter and he was riding around in our, in our driveway in our cul-de-sac and he fell and he skinned up his knee. He was trying like a little like jump off of, off of the curb and he fell. Um, and he was, you know, kind of got up and started crying a little bit and then he kind of wiped it off and he's like, I know, I know dad, I'm going to get up and I'm going to get back on it. I'm going to go do it again because <laughs> grazers do hard things. I was like, yes, yes! success. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, like, you know, they, they're sponges, man. They, yeah. they're, they're just little sponges. And so they, they do and they see uh, what you do. And um, so you just have to be intentional with that kind of stuff and, and be conscientious of, of what you're saying. So, uh, AJ, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us about uh, your family um, and your business, and then we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, so I'm a... 38-year-old young man from northern Wisconsin, uh, currently living in Nashville, Tennessee, with uh, my wife of uh, seven years? Well, I met her 10 years ago. It was our 10-year anniversary meeting. Uh, We have a uh, year-and-a-half-year-old daughter. Uh, We lived in LA for 10 years, and then we moved to Nashville. I've worked in the automotive industry pretty much my my whole career, um, starting with an energy drink from Coke that Coca-Cola owned, um, running the marketing in the Midwest to managing race car drivers to working for large wheel corporations owned by private equity. Um, And in 2017, I believe it was, I found myself at a PR agency in LA uh, helping them build out their digital business unit. 2018, I started Wild Lives Media. Today, we have between a team in the U.S. and a team in Canada. We have about 14, 15 employees, 26, 27 clients or so. Um, we'll do about a million and a half this year in revenue uh, for ourselves and probably 30 to 40 million for clients anyways, client revenue. So, wow. um, yeah, it's it's been a wild ride for sure. Most of the growth came in November, December, January of this last year, 22 to 23, things just okay. really exploded. So what uh, what kind of plans do you have in the future for your uh, your children, if anything, for your, for your, at the moment, child, potentially future children, uh, <laughs> as far as involvement in business? Have you given that any thought at all, like involving uh, involving your daughter in the business or uh, how you want to expose her to business or what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, you know, I don't want to do this forever. So, the, yeah. so what I do now kind of, to be transparent, I didn't really want to do again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the service-based industry for what I do in marketing is exhausting. It's yeah. a lot of work. Um, and just now, thankfully, I have the team that's allowing me to take a little bit more space. Like I'm going to take tomorrow off and just hang out with my family. Um, but it's it's not something that I wanted to do, right? So as of right now, it's, it's fun. It's a lot of work. It's fun. Um, but uh, it's a vehicle to get to to where I want to be, not from a, from a revenue perspective, I guess a little bit, but more so from like a process acumen, like what am I building to be able to understand how I need to, to get to where I want to be. But, Mm -hmm. um, no, I, you know, we have some real estate and, um, we're planning on, um, basically building some additional businesses, um, and buying some businesses and whatnot and growing them whether it's flipping or holding and growing. So I definitely want my daughter involved in that stuff. And I think if she's as smart when she's older as she is now, she's going to be massively smarter than me. She continues to impress me every day. 
but yeah, I think in the next, you know, three years, um, ideally my family, my wife included kind of operates as our own kind of managing, mm-hmm. uh, operation over several different businesses. Awesome. Um, ideally. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And then, I mean, you can even, uh, employ your daughter, pay her, pay her a salary that becomes uh-huh. a deduction for your business and yes. put an IRA together for her and, but there's a lot of really, really cool things to be able to do with, with the kiddos. So I, I love the thought process there. Thank you so much for listening to the Biz Dad Podcast. We hope you found some value in your time here with us, and we look forward to bringing you the next episode. If you've enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and share so you and your friends won't miss our upcoming episodes. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Rumble, where we continue these discussions and share more valuable content. Be the dad you know you need to be and run your business in a way you're proud to share with your kids. Keep crushing it.